Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Michelle Burns, who's the Senior Admissions Counselor and Regional Recruiter at UC Irvine. Michelle Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm doing good, John. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am doing great, and it is an honor and pleasure to have you. I really can't wait to hear all about UCI. So let's get to it, Michelle, by first asking you to tell us about yourself. How long have you been in admissions, and how did you end up in such a position? Yeah, I have, uh, I think like many of us in admissions, I had a route that did not necessarily start out thinking this would be uh, the career I ended up in. Um, but I actually, I'm based in New Haven, Connecticut. So I serve as a regional admissions counselor, as you mentioned, for UC Irvine, uh, meaning I work with out-of-state students who are going through uh, the admissions and application process for UCI. Uh, I grew up out west. I um, grew up in Arizona. I went to the University of Arizona, majored in theater, went out to California, uh, worked up there regionally, um, up in like uh, San Luis Obispo area. Uh, so lived there, worked there at a regional theater and then made the move out to New York. And when I was out in New York, uh, my brother-in-law was in admissions and a regional position for my alma mater came up and he said, you should apply for this. I had no idea <laughs> what it really was other than volunteering for a few fairs with him. Uh, and I always joke that I wouldn't have been hired now because I didn't have enough experience, but I got really <laughs> lucky uh, and really enjoyed the work. And there were definitely transferable skills between theater and the college admissions world. Uh, so so I went ahead and applied and uh, was given the job as regional admissions counselor for uh, University of Arizona and did that for a number of years, about nine years, and then transitioned over to UC Irvine. And this is, I'm about three and a half years in with UC Irvine. So I've done this for a while now. 
Well, that's terrific. And I know that UC Irvine is very lucky to have you as a we here today, Michelle. Thank you so much. And I know that the University of California system is more than one school. Can mm -hmm. you give us a general overview of the University of California system? Absolutely. So uh, the UC system is nine institutions um, within the state of California. Some I know many people have heard of before, like UCLA, Berkeley, San Diego, <laughs> Santa Barbara. Uh, we always joke if we were called UC Newport, um, people have visited that beach, so they might know us a little <laughs> bit better. Um, but of the nine institutions, um, there's two um, public state university systems within the state of California. So one of them being the UC system and the other being the Cal State system, along with our really vibrant um, community colleges. The idea is that every student in the state of California, or every person in the state of California should have a chance to um, engage in higher education in some form. And that system is there to support them. Um, and then we are able to bring in folks both internationally and um, from uh, around the country as well. Uh, with the UCs, all of us are research institutions, so we're really based on, um, you know, asking that question why. Uh, so when we talk about students who'd be a good fit at UCs in general, it's a student that's like, uh, yes, but why? Why is it that way? Uh, I want to dig in deeper. Uh, maybe that kid that's all that you go, oh, why are you asking another question? Don't get us more homework. Um, so really, for that that person that's curious, that's innovative. Um, of the nine UCs, six of us are ranked in the top 10 amongst all public universities in the country. Um, so really, we're there to learn, uh, also to teach. And we talk about when you're at a UC, you are learning from the people that wrote the book, the people that um, did that research project, the you know, really the experts in their field as well. And then last, we're there to serve our community. And when we say community, yes, we mean our local communities, but we really mean the broader communities as well. And, you know, we saw that during COVID with all the research that was happening, the work that was being done um, by our universities um, that, you know, you can turn on the news or NPR and hear, oh, at UCI, at UC Berkeley, at UC Santa Cruz. Um, so it's really great to be part of that foundation. Uh, different from some other state universities, we're not really built to hop between one or another. Um, you do apply, um, and I'll talk a little bit, I'm sure, about how you apply to us, but um, you know, we are all individually universities, so it's not necessarily that you start at one and then go to another. You'd have to go through a process the same as any other transfer student, but we do work together in a variety of ways through different projects that we have. Um, students can go to another campus during the summer as well if they want to take summer classes at another campus they can do that uh, we also do study abroad trips together um, so lots of great ways that are collaborative as well well we appreciate that overview and going back to uci i read a statistic that 94 percent of your freshman class returned which is an mm -hmm. amazing statistic and a testament to the great work that you do in admissions to make sure that you find the right students but also it's everything that you do once they're on campus in your classrooms and beyond to make sure that they're happy and of course return for four years or more. So Michelle, what is it about UCI that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? 
Okay, so one thing we always talk about is our location, uh, which um, can seem like, oh yeah, location, okay, everyone wants to be by the beach. And, <laughs> and that's great, you know, we're, we're in a beautiful location, so we're about uh, 45 minutes south of LA, about an hour north of San Diego, and just 10 minutes from Newport Beach. One of the rankings we get is the number one school for beach lovers. Uh, you will find <laughs> that our students are really focused though, uh, so they definitely enjoy the beach and going there, but part of the reason we talk about location is in addition to being in a place that's beautiful, the sun is shining, it's great to be outdoors and everything, we're also in an area that provides a lot of opportunity to our students. Um, so, you know, we have so many different Fortune 500 companies, about one third of them have either um, headquarters or offices located right there in Irvine. Um, biotech firms, we have so many of those in there. We're also part of the Silicon Coast that's located, um, you know, in the area. Uh, and we have so many opportunities for students to really engage and be active in that learning process um, and learn figuring out their career as well while they're doing that. So that's one way that that you know, location really plays a big role in why a student would wanna come to UCI. Uh, we also see some of those reasons like it is a great education. Um, you know, We bring in some amazing faculty who are doing work that is at the top of their field and our students want to learn from them when they're doing that, being a research university, um, another stat I can throw your way is that 76% of our undergraduates participate in research before they leave us. And wow. I'll have students ask me, oh, is that just for graduate students? Absolutely not. Um, we actually far outnumber the number of undergrads to graduate students. We have about 5,000 graduate and doctoral students on campus. Um, so keeping in mind that a number of those are in medical school or law school, um, the graduate students are there and they you know, obviously serve a, a huge role on campus, but that research is really for undergraduate students to participate in. And I have first year students first year students who are from out of state who are already participating in that research. Um, so when you're at UCI, you're learning from that great faculty in this beautiful location. You're getting to do all the fun things on campus and clubs and activities and that really active student life, but you're also getting that research or that you know career engagement right from the beginning. Um, so we really work on active learning and making sure that um, students are getting to engage in a potential career um, down the line from their first year on campus. Well, we appreciate that. You spoke about location, great academic offerings, and I know that some of the strong programs include bio, nursing, engineering, mm -hmm. comp sci, just to name a few not to mention the great faculty and of course the research opportunities. That was an amazing number. I think you said 76% of the students actively- 76%, part, part, mm -hmm. that, That's yeah. amazing. So thank you so much for that overview. Yeah, and we know that students also, you know, you mentioned the retention rate, which we're very proud of, but it's also the graduation rate. Um, so 86% of our students will graduate um, within six years and um, 70, we're at 76% and we'll graduate within four years. Um, so well above the national graduation rates as well. Um, so they're coming in, graduating in a timely manner, sometimes with two or even three degrees occasionally. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to share that we've teamed up with Dormco to make your dorm decorating a lot easier. Why Dormco? They offer quality and durability, affordability, and a wide selection for bedding to storage solutions and everything in between for your dorm room. So if you or anyone you know is looking to decorate your dorm, see the affiliate partnership link in the show notes for Dormco, your one stop for stylish, affordable, and quality dorm essentials. 
Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. Thank you all and best wishes. I get a lot of students that ask me about life on campus. In other words, <laughs> outside of the classroom, what is it that students do to keep themselves busy? I'm sure many of them go to the beach, but in addition to going to the <laughs> yeah. beach, what is it that they're doing to keep themselves busy at UCI? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a really active um, campus life. And one of the things that I love about our students um, is that it's an incredibly collaborative environment. Uh, so first off, we see a lot of students engaging in what they're interested in academically and taking that outside of the classroom into a club or organization. It might also just be something that they're super passionate about. Um, you know, maybe they're an engineering major, but they are really passionate about social justice. And so that's something that they're getting involved with. With, with a club or activity, um, or you know, they're interested in, in climate um, you know, activism, and so that's an activity. So we'll see a lot of students involved in those sorts of activities that are, are passions of theirs around um, something that they really want to fight for or um, really promote. Uh, we're also an incredibly diverse campus. We are not a predominantly white institution, um, so we have students from all different backgrounds um, that are on our campus and seeing that representation on campus and really play out in the cultural groups on campus so that everybody has their, their place that they can feel like they can call home to really go and celebrate their culture, to have that great cultural sharing out, and also that safe space too um, when it's needed. And then for other students, who may not, um, you know, um, be a part of that that background or culture uh, to be able to go ahead and be great allies as well. So that's something. Uh, and then our students, of course, love to have fun. So all the clubs and activities you always see on college campuses. I know everyone always is like, we have 700 clubs and activities. So, you know, we have about 30,000 students. So <laughs> there amazing. Is, if there is something that they can invent, they will figure it out. Um, but some fun <laughs> things I always like to share that I have about our student life on campus one, our students every year try to break a Guinness Book of World Records. So um, people can look on YouTube and find where the Guinness Book of World Records holder for the largest game of dodgeball ever played, largest oh, wow. water blaster <laughs> fight, uh, largest game of capture the flag. Uh, we used to hold the record for the largest pillow fight, uh, but a pillow company apparently took that away from us. Uh, so just some really fun and quirky ways that our students get together. Um, there's also lots of arts and dancing and uh, singing groups on campus, which is often surprising for students, especially, I know you mentioned some very popular majors that we have. We do have a lot of students that come to us for STEM and they tend to think like, oh, are, are you just all bio and engineering? Um, we're not one, we have all of those majors available. Um, so we definitely <laughs> have a lot of students in the social sciences, humanities and arts, but we also have groups that are, um, you know, acapella singing groups. We have so many dance crews on campus that they actually do a dance battle at the beginning of every year. Uh, so really fun ways for students to, to stay active, you know, and then yes, go out, enjoy the beach, go to Disneyland, go hiking. Uh, if you're really from cold weather and you're missing the snow, go up to the ski resort about an hour away. <laughs> well, being from New York, I can tell you I definitely never miss the snow, but I appreciate that <laughs> overview. Yeah. And it truly sounds like you have something for everyone, not only with yeah. the academic programs, but over 700 clubs, the climate, the vicinity to the beach. Beach. It just sounds like an amazing place. So again, Michelle, thank you so much for that overview. And I was curious, what are the kinds of things that students do to demonstrate their interest in UCI? And does it play a role in your overall admissions process? 
Yeah, great question, John. And this is one I hear from students, and I think a big stress for students all the time. So it's the, oh my gosh, I should click on every email, and then I should go in and I should <laughs> click on every link, and that's how they'll know that I like them. Uh, or the concern of, <laughs> hey, I had I had a test or a project or something the day that you came and visited my school, and now I'm not going to get it. So first off, that's not a situation with us. Uh, we don't actually use demonstrated interest when we are admitting students. There's a lot of different things that happen when we're looking at students to be admitted um, to UCI, and unfortunately, more talented students than we can possibly be able to, um, to take all of them as well. What I say when it comes to how should I reach out, should I, should I have demonstrated interest, I think you should for your own sake. Um, it's really helpful to you to connect with me because you probably have some questions about what life is like on campus. Are we a good fit for you? How, how should I put this down on my application? Um, those are all really good reasons to ask those questions. And then if you are admitted to UCI, it also means you probably have a lot of other great choices. Um, so then we can continue that conversation around what are your interests? Are we a good fit for you? We decided you're a great fit for us, but does that work for you too? Uh, and that is why I think it's really important to reach out and connect um, if you're not able to visit campus, we understand we're a long way away, but um, if you're able to do a virtual visit, if you're able to come to one of the sessions when we are in person um, at your school or your area, I think that's really helpful so you can know um, how, how our um, university can be a good, good fit for you and what your goals are. Well, we appreciate that. And I loved how you talk about the importance of connecting with your local admissions rep, which is something that's mm -hmm. very easily found online by simply doing a search. Right. And Michelle, you mentioned virtual visits. In fact, if a student can't come to campus out in California, mm -hmm. particularly if they're from the East Coast. But let me ask you, if a student is in fact able to visit campus, what are some of the areas that they should absolutely visit and what types of questions should they be asking to help them determine if UCI is in fact the right fit for them? Yeah. Uh, so first off, they can sign up for a campus tour. We, ho we host them Monday through Fridays. Uh, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Uh, they fill up very quickly, so I do tell students try to try to plan ahead as much as possible. We know that's really hard. We also will be having a fall preview day, and that is a great time if you're able to come out to come out and do that as well. Um, when you're on campus doing the tour, you know our tours are run by our wonderful campus reps who are current UCI students. Um, about, I think 15% of them are out of state or international students as well. So if you happen to meet that out of state or international student, I would go ahead and ask them what it's like to be a student on campus from New York or from Wisconsin or from, you know, um, Indonesia, uh, you know, and just get a sense of what is it like to be a student from far away who's on campus as well. And then, you know, ask about clubs, activities, student life, um, ask your campus rep, what is it that you do in your spare time? What's your favorite place to eat? Um, on our visitor page right now, we actually went ahead and, and uh, surveyed some of our campus reps about their favorite places to eat. Uh, so whenever students visit uh, <laughs> college campuses, I always recommend like you're going to go to the places where your parents can take you and those nice places and obviously enjoy that. Uh, but also check out what would I, my life be like 
like as a student. Um, so right across the street from our campus, we have a place called UTC, which is University Town Center. It has a Target and Trader Joe's, so they get all their dorm needs right there. Also a movie theater and like great shops and restaurants there. So check out UTC. Um, there's a huge foodie culture in Irvine, so definitely go ahead and enjoy some of the great restaurants in the area. And then our students do go down to the beach. Um, so they go to Newport Beach or uh, Costa Mesa or Huntington Beach. Um, those all also have bonfires at night. So if you go down on a Thursday or Friday night, you'll see the, the fire pits and everything and just get a sense of, wow, this is what I can do as a student. I would recommend to any student as well, Look on the campus calendar if you love a basketball game or a volleyball game, um, or if you wanna go ahead and check out um, the latest play or musical or dance show or art show going on, go ahead and check out a campus's calendar because that's gonna give you a good sense of what's the life of the campus, what else is going on. And if there's a particular area that you're interested in, uh, I can't guarantee you, you know, that we can get you a tour with an engineering professor, but I've also had students say, oh, I reached out and I was able to go chat with them or there might be an open lecture going on that they can go ahead and attend. So I think if you can get a sense too of those things that you're interested in that are open to the public, um, we are a public university, so we have a lot that's available for our community too. Well, that's great advice. And it's, you know, visiting the different dining areas, whether it's on campus or off campus, mm -hmm. reaching out to a professor. It would be amazing if you could actually go and sit in on a lecture or even have a conversation with one of them. And of course, if you're into athletics or the arts, see what the campus calendar has to, uh, to offer so that you could immerse yourself while you're there. So those are great pieces of advice. Michelle, I was also curious, how many applications do you actually review a year and do you represent a specific region? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I personally review anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 applications per year. Um, we receive wow. um, over 100,000 applications to UC Irvine. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> we we spend, um, and we have a very short period of time to read all of those. So that is what you will find me doing over my winter break uh, and to really space out and give the time <laughs> and attention that every, every student deserves and every applicant deserves. Um, so I do that and then we have a, a team of readers that help us out as well. Um, and we do, we do read by region. Um, so for me, you know, I'm based, um, as I mentioned in, in New Haven, Connecticut. So I um, cover New England, um, New York, New Jersey, the Carolinas, Florida, Texas, uh, Colorado, Arizona, and Oklahoma. Wow. And I, Utah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I'm missing something there. Um, so those are the, <laughs> the areas that I, you know, I'll be listed as a student's admissions counselor for those areas if they happen to see that. Um, but it might be read by somebody else as well. Every application is read by at least two people as well. So it's not just one person reading your application either. Understood. And we appreciate that. And do you actually travel to all of those different states or is everything virtual? Uh, well, the past two years, it's been virtual. Uh, we right. did start traveling again <laughs> this spring. Um, and obviously, we have continued as many of our colleagues at different universities have. Um, we'll continue with our hybrid approach um, because we don't want a student in 
North Dakota or even, you know, I, I can't get to every single school on Long Island. I sure. could spend an entire fall just on Long sure. Island. And and some <laughs> schools do, obviously. Um, so I, you know, have some colleagues at different public state institutions that they just cover Long Island and Westchester. And I'm like, wow, right. what would that be like? Um, so <laughs> if I can't get to you and I can't get to your school, it is not because you're not valuable. It doesn't mean that I don't think um, you're going to get admitted or anything like that. It's just merely a scheduling conflict. Um, and that's the situation where we're still hosting um, online events um, and we'll be posting those. We'll be doing UC application workshops. Um, and you can always reach out um, individually if you have a question that I can either answer through email or it might be easier to jump on um, a Zoom with you or a phone call for about 15 minutes to answer those questions. Fantastic. And we appreciate that. I was also curious, Michelle, what is the average profile of the current freshman class, and does it vary between in-state and out-of-state students? Mm -hmm. um, so our current profile for our class is a 4.2 weighted GPA and a 3.9 unweighted GPA. Uh, sometimes I say those numbers, they really scare people. Uh, so I'll <laughs> again reiterate, those are the average. We also take that GPA from a student's 10th and 11th grade year, um, and then the summers before and after. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't look at the classes that you took in ninth grade, but we won't calculate those grades into your GPA, uh, which I will say usually helps students. Sometimes that freshman year can be a little wonky as you're figuring out, oh yeah, high school is real, and these <laughs> grades count towards something. And then uh, I'll have students say, oh, does it not matter what I did my senior year? Of course it matters. <laughs> it absolutely matters what you did your senior year. Um, so we're looking at your grades, but we're also looking at the classes that you took, the rigor of those courses. So we want to look at the classes you're taking senior year, and you still need to do really well in those. It's just the application is due before you'll have any grades for that. And that's how we calculate that GPA. Um, when we're looking at out-of-state versus in-state, if you go on the UC website, um, you'll see that for out-of-state applicants, there's a minimum GPA of a 3.4. For in-state applicants, so for California residents, it's a minimum GPA of a 3.0. So you'll see that slight difference there, and then students will say, oh, okay, so it must be a lot harder to be admitted as um, an out-of-state student. And it really depends. We do have a percentage um, for every school within the UC system. We have a cap. For UCI, we're capped at 18.5% of our students who um, can be out-of-state or international. And that's the number that we can have coming in. Um, I will say the GPA is about the same between this year, between the um, you know in-state and out-of-state students as well. And we do have to have something that says any out-of-state student that is coming into UCI is at the level or above that of a California student. Um, so those are some things that can kind of worry a student. But what I always come back to with them then is the acceptance rate is about 26%. Um, it's about the same for in-state versus out-of-state students. Um, one is, of course, because of the cost of attendance for out-of-state students, which is higher. So we know not as many students will be able to accept their offer of admissions purely based on finances for those out-of-state students. Well, we appreciate that overview. That's certainly very helpful. And I was also curious, what advice would you give a student mm -hmm. if they actually fall a little lower than the current freshman class average? What are some of the things that they can do to enhance their overall application? Yeah, so, um, you know, I would tell you to go ahead and, um, you know, talk to your school counselor and your parents and having that realistic outlook is always great. 
but it's also great to go ahead and have that reach. Something else I'll say is that we do admit by major, and this is something that is unique to every institution, which is why it's great to ask. So we do have some majors that are going to be harder to be admitted into. Um, so I would say if you're really looking at UCI, but you wanna do computer science, and maybe you have a lower GPA, uh, not to say that you can't apply to computer science, but is there another major um, that might be more attainable for you, knowing that that's a more competitive major, uh, one that accepts a larger percentage of students? And those are conversations that I think are really helpful to have with an admissions counselor um, about your realistic options. And then, of course, knowing that there are options to do minors. Um, so we have minors available in computer science. Um, I just came from a session that was hosted by our Beale Center for Innovation and our Entrepreneurship Center. We're the ant eaters, so we have to make everything into an ant eater. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> so at our Entrepreneurship Center, they actually will this year be starting to partner with um, uh, companies um, to go ahead and do micro internships where somebody says, I need a skill. I need to learn how to do this. So they're going to spend 5, 10, 15, 20 hours. So sometimes there's ways to supplement for that major that maybe you think you want. So that's one thing. If you're if you're a little bit lower and you're looking at one of those really highly selective majors, maybe open up your mind about how much do I want this major? Am I really sure that that's what I want to do? Or am I open to gathering these skills? The other thing I would say is to really um, highlight yourself and brag about yourself on your application. <laughs> Maybe you have a lower GPA because you're at a school that grades really, really hard. That's something that we wanna know in your application. And there's a place on the application that asks for additional information about your school. And that's a place where you can let us know, hey, this is the grading scale of my school. Um, you know, an A starts at a 93, and that's why I have some Bs in there. That's good information to know. Uh, and also highlight anything that you've done, especially if it is, you know, in an area that you're um, interested in going into. So if you're looking at engineering and you want to go ahead and brag about the, um, you know, robotics competitions you've been in and that you've won, tell us about that. Um, really quantify and qualify on your application. So go ahead and brag and say, hey, I got, yeah, I got 10th on, in this competition, but that was 10th out of 500 different teams that were chosen from the entire US. Well, that really gives me a lot of context into how amazing you are. Um, and we do read the whole application. So yes, we're looking at your grades, but we're also looking at what you've done, your activities, who you are. We're really learning all of those things about you. Well, those are great pieces of advice in terms of the overall application. And I know it's a little different for the University of California. <laughs> so Michelle, can you tell us how do you apply to UC Irvine? Yeah, so two, uh, two misconceptions uh, that I'll often get into as students or, or ways that we'll find students sadly don't find us in time to apply is one, they don't know that they have to go to the UC application. So students can't apply from Common App or the Coalition App. It is one application for any of the nine UCs. Um, we all get the same information, so you're not filling out a different question for LA versus Santa Cruz versus Irvine. Um, we all get the same questions and answers from you. We see the grades the same in everything. Um, and then you check off which campus you want to apply to from there. If you wanna apply for all nine, go for it. I would say most students probably don't do that, but we do encourage students to apply broadly across the system. Um, and you can also apply to different majors at different um, 
institutions if you want. So you don't have to have the same major for every school either. Uh, we also won't ask you to rank your choices. So you don't have to tell us who your favorite school is. In fact, we would prefer that you don't because <laughs> then that will hurt their feelings when you tell them that you want to be an anteater. Uh, so go ahead and use the UC application to apply. The other misconception is that we um, have early action or early decision. We don't. Um, our application opens up on August 1st, uh, so it will be available to students starting August 1st. And I encourage you to go ahead and get started. Look over it at least before you start your senior year. Don't stress about getting it all done right away. Uh, and then you can submit it anytime from October 1st through November 30th. Um, this is a newer, um, earlier submission timeline than we've had in past years. It's always been November 1st through 30th is the only time that students can submit. So now it is opened up earlier. With that being said, you don't get any priority because you're, you submit your application November 1st or 15th um, versus October 1st. If you submit it November 30th, that's fine. Sounds a little stressful, so maybe get that in just see a couple days early. Um, you know, I don't encourage students to wait till the last minute, but I also know you're doing your early action and early decision um, applications. Uh, so go ahead and get those done. And we also really want you to connect with your school counselor about the application before you submit it. Um, so don't just turn it in without anybody knowing that. And the application is a little bit unique since it's not on Common App and it's not on Coalition. You may not know how to fill it out. Maybe your school counselor has some questions about it. We have application workshops that are online. We also have pre-recorded ones that you'll be able to attend. And we highly, highly encourage you to come to one of those before you submit your application. Um, and that's how we really break down how to submit the application as an out-of-state student. Well, those are great pieces of advice and insight. And Michelle, just so you know, I always include the Office of Admissions website in the show notes. If there are any other links that you want to share with students and parents, just give them to me. And of great. course, I'll make them available in the show notes. Thank you so much. I also know that another thing that you do as part of your overall application is something called the A to G rating system. So could you give us some insight in terms of exactly what is that? And how do you use it in the overall application process? Sure. Uh, so this is a big concern and the area that most people freak out about on the application. So first of all, <laughs> it's the A through G courses and our requirements. And all they are are the classes that we require for you to come into a UC school. What are those? They're probably the same or close to the same as what you need to graduate from your high school. Um, so right. every state has requirements, <laughs> um, but I'll go through them. We call them A through G because each one has a letter associated with it. So it's two years of history. We do want one of them to be one year of U.S. history or a half year of U.S. history and a half year of American government or civics. It's four years of English. It's three years of math, but we recommend four, especially you you know, business, STEM, computer science, engineering majors, two years of science, but we recommend three. Again, two years of a language other than English, um, but again, we recommend three, and then one year of a visual or performing arts, um, and then one year of a college prep elective. Uh, the two areas I get the most questions about are the F and the G. The F is the one year of visual or performing arts. Um, and that is one where a student will say, I'm at a STEM magnet school. We don't have a performing arts. What do I do? 
you're just going to list that in your application. You could also do something like a BYU online class, a summer school class through a community college. Um, we would also take those as a, as a visual or performing art. Um, if you don't have it in there and you're a senior and you're hearing this in October and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Should I just not apply? No, still apply if you don't have that visual or performing art. Just make note in your application in those additional comments. I didn't have time to do this or my schedule didn't allow it. Um, and then that one year of college prep elective is the other question that we get all the time. What is that? What should I do? That's literally any other class that you took over and above those other areas. Um, common ones we might see are econ, AP psychology, if computer science isn't considered a math or science at your school. Um, so if you have questions, that's where, you know, reach out and ask us, but there are a lot of different options for those elective courses. Well, we appreciate that. And I also know that as part of your overall application process, you do not use teacher letters of recommendation. Mm -hmm. And students, of course, are asked to fill something out called a PIQ, which is a personal insight question. Michelle, can you explain how you use these in your overall application process? Mm -hmm. Well, we wish that we could interview every single student uh, that applied to us, uh, you know, and I read these applications and we most just have the most incredible students who have done these amazing, innovative things. So I certainly wish we had the time to interview them, but we don't. And in lieu of that, what we use are the personal insight questions. Uh, these sound scary, but they're really not. <laughs> they are eight questions. And you choose four of them. You choose the four that are the best fit for you. There is not a magical, oh, you chose the right four questions and now it's opened the door to UC admissions. Again, choose the four that best fit you. Um, what we're looking for in those questions are really more of an interview style. So John, if I was interviewing you and I wanted to know <laughs> what um, you know a great opportunity you had in your education was, you would probably talk to me and tell me about what a great opportunity um, that you took advantage of in high school was. Um, if I asked you about an area, an academic area that you're really passionate about, I would want you to share what that is with me there. Um, so there are ways for us to really get to know the student more. Um, and when I tell students to look at the questions, really think about the arc and scope of the questions. They're all a little bit different. And what I want you to think about is what do we learn about you from each of those questions? Um, so if if you are really into basketball and you want to talk about your basketball experience and you've, you've shared that in your resume section of the application already and your activities and we know that you play on the club team and we know you went to state and maybe you're talking about that in the leadership question. That's fantastic. You probably don't need to repeat that in questions two, three, and four then, though. Maybe we want to learn something else about you in that. So this is about your academic focus, your um, your grit. What are some things that you've really had to struggle through? Or what are some great accomplishments that you've had? What do you value as a person? Uh, we might learn about a student's background or culture um, or something that they've had to go through and they want to explain that in the application too. So it's that place that it really rounds you out as who you are as a student, um, what are your values, um, and what, what great information can we learn about you in that? Well, this is great insight into the overall UCI application. Michelle, we really appreciate it. I was also curious, what kind of scholarship opportunities do you offer for academic achievement, and does a student have to apply separately for any of these offerings? 
Um, so we have a scholarship for out-of-state students called the Director's Scholarship. Uh, we review that for every student that applies. Um, we are limited in the number that we can offer. Um, so unfortunately, we're not able to offer it to every single out-of-state student that we accept. Um, I, I truly wish we could. Um, and it's also not a full scholarship. So I always like to tell students that the past few years, it's been um, a $10,000 scholarship for the first year and then 10,000 for the second year and it's not renewable after that. Um, so those are good things to keep in mind. We do have additional scholarships that students can apply to um, and that's on our scholarship page. Um, once a student has submitted their UC application, um, they can go ahead and go into that and they'll probably get emails about those additional scholarships um, and those will go throughout the year. Um, the other thing I encourage students to do is search for those external scholarships. Um, so like many other universities, we use Scholarship Universe, um, and that's linked on our Office of Financial Aid um, and Scholarships page. So go ahead and take a look at that and start applying for those early in your senior year before everything gets weighted down, um, you know, and you have so many things to do. Many of those application deadlines are actually before the spring even. So you could apply for external scholarships and they might come from a foundation or a big corporation. Um, and those can really add up. So we do encourage students to do that. Um, this and this is where I have some hard conversations with students in the spring. Uh, I truly wish that we could give bigger scholarships and everything, but it is something that um, due to the California State Legislature, we do need to go ahead and, and retain most of our funding for our in-state students. Um, so we're not able to give any grant funding outside of a Pell Grant to out-of-state students who are coming to UCI. Um, so that's where it's really good to get a sense of that as you're starting to look for schools. And if UCI is really a dream of yours, um, then go ahead and look for those external scholarships to help balance out that funding. Well, we appreciate that overview. Again, thank you so much for sharing and explaining all of the different opportunities in terms of your scholarships. This has been a phenomenal conversation. I'm so happy because I know it's helping a lot of students and parents. Michelle, this brings us to our last question. What are your top three pieces of advice that you would give to students and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Absolutely. Uh, so one is, uh, two of these we kind of already touched on, but one is go ahead and reach out early. Uh, that is my top piece of advice. Reach out. What are your questions? Um, don't, you know, do your research. I think that's a good thing to do. Um, so if I get an email that says, hi, I want to learn about UCI, I will email you back. Um, but it's going to be pretty vague because you, you probably don't need 10 pages of email about every single program that we have. So go ahead. Look on our look on the website of any school that you're interested in. Find out what is it about it that's appealing to you. What might you be interested in? It's totally fine if you're undecided. That's great. You can come into an institution undeclared. But go ahead and, and learn a little bit more. What are you looking for in a school? And then ask a few of those direct questions to that admissions counselor to get started. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out. And don't be afraid to reach out at any point throughout the process. Um, it's really important in that application time. It's also incredibly important in that decision making time. So once you've received that letter of acceptance, that's when 
that now it's in your hands. Now we, we got to impress you. <laughs> so what is it that you need to know about the school and how can we help give you that full picture? The other second point that I think is really important um, for both parents and students are finances. Um, it is um, a reality of college that it is expensive no matter where you're going. Um, so be realistic about what is available for you. Um, you know, we often talk about schools that you know, maybe you don't have that minimum GPA. I also think it's good to talk about being realistic in financial terms as well. So I mentioned that unfortunately we don't offer a lot of out-of-state scholarships. Um, so keep that in mind. It doesn't mean don't apply, but do keep in mind: um, Are you is your heart going to break? Um, and I'll probably cry with you when you can't when we can't be able to swing it. Um, you know, in April or May. Uh, but you know, I really. Um, it saddens me to have those conversations where this has been a student's dream school and they're just now realizing that financially it might not work out. Um, and a lot of that too is on having that conversation as the parent. So parents, please talk to your students now, let them know what is the reality, um, what money is saved, um, what money is available, how do we all feel about loans and taking those out. So it's really important to have that conversation now as the application process is starting. Um, and then the third piece of advice I'll say is um, please let your student drive this process too. Um, and I'm sure these are three pieces of advice that are often <laughs> given. So hopefully it hits home if we all say it. Um, but you know, to the student, this is your process. You're the one going to school. Um, so you need to be comfortable with it. And you know, check it out. It's also okay if you know maybe UCI has been your dream school and maybe you get admitted and then you fly out there for admitted student day and you go, oh my gosh. I have to make this flight from JFK to uh, John Wayne Airport in order to go. And I don't think I can do that. That is totally fine. It is okay to realize like maybe this isn't for me. And sometimes making that trip and visiting the campus is a, is a good way to realize that. So just realize you're the one going to school, you know, cast your net wide, especially when you're first starting that search to see what's out there, what's available for you. Um, and then you know, make sure you ask all the questions to make yourself comfortable with that process. And, and parents, it is okay to come in and ask those questions, especially around finances, um, but really make your student a part of it. So um, let them drive the car and you can be there with, you know, the, the break, the invisible break to help them. Well, that's a great analogy. And this has been a terrific conversation. We really appreciate your time, your insight today. Michelle, I hope to have you again because you really provided so much great information. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. And I'll go ahead and I'll email you the um, links for the personal insight questions as well. So for any students who, who looked at that um, or who listened and want to get a head start on that, they can look at the personal insight questions as well to get started. That's fantastic. And of course, we'll make all of that and more available in the show notes of the podcast. Michelle, thank you again. This has been terrific. Wishing everyone the best. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to announce that we've teamed up with some fantastic affiliate partners to further enhance your overall college journey. So do you or someone you know need stylish dorm decor, 
trendy college apparel, or top-notch test prep, whether it's creating a cozy home away from home, flaunting the latest in college apparel, or securing top-notch test prep help, we've got you covered. Check out our affiliate links in the show notes within each of these categories, which we believe will help you, our listeners. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast does get a small commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit you, our listeners. So check out the links in the show notes and share with anyone you think may benefit. Thank you all and best wishes. 